This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. In this show, David Sedoni, the host of the How to Buy a Home podcast, joins us. First-time homebuyers, parents, and grandparents of anyone wanting to buy their first home, this show is for you. You're listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm your host and the principal broker of Carl Miller Realty, LLC. We're located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg, and we are your caring, competent, trusted advisors for real estate sales and service. Special thanks to our sponsor this month, Looper Team Mortgage. Will Looper with Movement Mortgage in Lynchburg has the knowledge and products to get you into your next home while keeping as much money in your pocket as possible. Whether you are purchasing or refinancing, Will Looper and his team at Looper Team Mortgage at Movement are here to serve you. Visit looperteammortgage.com for more information. And he has been doing a great job of taking care of our clients. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. This week's featured listing is a cute bungalow home new to the market on Friday. This beautiful updated home just off Rivermont Avenue on Arlington Drive is within walking distance to Rivermont shops, restaurants, and Randolph College. It's move-in ready with two bedrooms on the main floor, a fully renovated kitchen and bathroom, a loft space offering a third bedroom or rec room option with a walk-in attic space and storage. There is a fenced backyard and a full unfinished walkout basement. You'll love the full covered front porch too. It's priced at $239.9 and there's an option to buy it fully furnished. Visit carlmillerrealty.com today. Well, thanks for listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm joined in the studio by Yancey Campbell, our marketing director at Carl Miller Realty. Welcome, Yancey. Good morning, Carl. If you guys have questions for us, you can visit our social media pages at Carl Miller Realty. That's on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also find us on our website, carlmillerrealty.com. And that has all of our up-to-date listings from our brokerage. So, Carl, last weekend was filled with beautiful weather on Friday, and we had quite the event at our office. We, we sure did. It was yeah. a lot of fun. So grateful that the weather was on Friday as opposed to sun Saturday with that storm that oh, came I through. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, it was it was 80 degrees and sunny. I love the warm weather that's coming. And we had our shredding day event, and we had a great turnout. Um, we had just a lot of people from the community come out and bring a lot of documents to shred. And we also had Century Exterior sponsor our event, which was really cool. That was pretty cool. And we had a door prize winner from them as well. That's right. A past client of ours actually won the free gutter system. So... They're going to be installing that soon. So thanks to uh, Century for sponsoring us with that. And uh, thanks for everybody who came out. And I hope you, I know people enjoyed the coffee and donuts. Thanks for putting all yeah. that together, Yancey. That was amazing. And then the Freedom 424 5K happened yes, as well. Yes, ne- that was that evening's, and then the next day as well. And Carl, you were running a bigger race that day, but some of our agents ran the booth and also ran the race on Saturday. Um, the rain held off until after the event, but to all the runners and walkers who participated, thank you. We really appreciate that. And just, it's really cool to be involved with such a great organization such as Freedom 424. Absolutely. Yeah, so we did. I ran a, a bigger race, but yeah. um, I recovered. It was a 50K up in the mountains. Is that 35 miles? Uh, 31 technically, but this one was a long 31. It was a 34. All right, you can say mile. 35. <laughs> 34. Yeah, and you know, we had that big th- thunderstorm came through. So while yeah. Blue, Ridge, Blue Ridge Marathon canceled that race midstream, oh. did you hear about that? No. The race was going seven miles in and they canceled, canceled. the race. I feel like if you were seven miles in, you might as well finish the race. A lot of people finished. And meanwhile, we're up in the mountains and the lightning is striking and uh, we're just running. You know, we we finished that. It was a little muddy. 
A little but, bit. But I want to give a shout out to the course record that was uh, set by a female. A female course record was set with wow. under five, under four, five hours of time. Wow. I don't. I don't apologize. I don't have the time for it. But just amazing in those conditions to set yeah. a new course record is pretty incredible. Yeah. So that's amazing. Wow. Well, I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Let's talk buyers, okay? Uh, joining us from Irvine, California is David Sedoni. David is the host of How to Buy a Home podcast, and he's written a lot of content on this theme. He has over 600,000 podcast downloads, over 600 five-star uh, podcast reviews. He's connected over 750 first-time home buyers with what he calls unicorn agents across the United States so that they are set up for success in buying their first home with confidence. He's an educator. He knows the business of real estate, but he also cares. He's incredibly passionate about this segment of the housing market. David, it's an honor to have you on our show today. Welcome. How you doing? Doing great here, David. How's how's life in California this this weekend? Well, it's great out here. Uh, we don't run in the mud on purpose. And, <laughs> um, although you did give me a great idea. I can't believe 17 years in real estate. Uh, because growing up as a kid who surfed in California, um, you know, we used to shred the waves. I'm going to have a beach party surf and shred. Oh, do it. That'd be so fun. Idea. I wish we could do that. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Nancy will be able to flight across the country. Oh, to I will be there one. tomorrow if you have a beach party. Well, David, we're so happy Thank to have you. you on the show. Uh, we would love to just start at the beginning, uh, a little bit about you, where you were born, what was it like growing up in the Sedoni household, and how did you get started in the real estate profession? Uh, my story has a lot of twists and turns, but the abbreviated version is that uh, I grew up in Southern California playing soccer, and I got a summer job at Disneyland uh, when I was 16 years old. And then I got into show business for about 10 years. Uh, Hollywood wasn't too far. And then when I settled down, I got married, got into real estate, and uh, I started my career in 2006. So jumping on a Titanic just before the iceberg. Mm. And, um, but it turned out that in 2007, 8, 9, and 10, a lot of my friends from Disneyland that I've known over the years, because um, I worked there a few different times, uh, they wanted to buy their first house because um, homes finally were getting back to affordable as the market yeah. crashed around us. So I built my career working with a lot of first-time buyers from Disneyland. Mm. And um, then as my career grew, um, I got bigger and got a team and was doing all the things you're supposed to do to become a big wig in real estate. And one day my wife looked at me and I'm usually a pretty chipper guy. And she's like, you know, you, you really light up when you work with those Disney people. <laughs> and so it took a little inward reflection for me to realize that, uh, the education, the motivation, and, and in some ways the inspiration, because, what I found was that so many first-time homebuyers just didn't know what they didn't know. Mm. And on the podcast, we say that ignorance is not a bad word. Mm -hmm. And we have people embrace their ignorance and then learn to overcome it with knowledge. Mm. So I started it as a passion project. And um, turns out in this uh, new, in the 2020s, if you put something out there on the podcast or the internet mm -hmm. and it resonates with people, um, it gets some legs. Mm -hmm. So now we've got people all over the country. Um, I got to check my website, Carl, because we're over a million downloads now. Oh, wow. wow. So, Fantastic. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. 
so uh, tough to keep up. I, um, I undercut you by 400000 Apologies. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, like I said, you read it right off my website. And I've heard you've got quite a bit of a TikTok following as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the things when I started um, attempting to reach out to people, um, as you know, Yancy, in the marketing world, mm-hmm. um, I, I took a good look at where people were, were spending their time mm-hmm. and um, – Originally, I thought, oh, this would be great. I can go on TikTok because I've got a little bit of a performer background and I can just be an idiot and people will follow me. <laughs> um, so I danced in my office and did stupid things. And then I realized when I actually said stuff that people wanted to hear, oops, that's when people started to follow me. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes. Yeah, so- we're at 100. 150,000 followers at How to Buy a Home right now. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, so you started that, uh, you, that your passion for first-time home buyers kind of started for you. It just, you, you lighting up when you were working with your former Disney employees and uh, employee co-workers, I should say. And then not only that, but just every time you worked with first-time home buyers, it's kind of was, was what you were really passionate about. When did you start um, putting out content and being an educational source for first-time homebuyers, what was that journey like? And what, you know, that was what I was going to go with. You know, what yeah. what started you in just educating and dedicating your profession to the first-time homebuyer community? You know, I, I early in my career I did it, but not to the level where I was being specific and niche. Mm. Um, uh, early, you know, two thousand seven, eight, nine. Um, there, there were a couple. There's something called the National Real Estate Post, which is a couple lenders that have been doing this for years. And um, I saw them talking about using video way back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started using some of their video uh, classes and things and putting videos on my Facebook. Uh, but I wasn't super intentional with it, but I did end up getting a weird Disney following. So mm-hmm. I have all these friends that are friends of friends. Um, and then I started to grow and, and I, I drank the Kool-Aid of real estate, which tells you go out there and get listings, build a team, never do first time home buyers. Mm. And okay, I understand. So then I tried to build a team and then I hired some really good buyers agents to work with me. Um, and I just missed it. And then I started to, to really get upset with seeing how other teams there are, there's a, it's like every industry. There's a good group of people that do the job well, but 99% of the industry is playing the numbers game. And they give the first time buyers to very undertrained um, and frankly, underwhelming agents. And so then it, it, it really, I really kind of decided I want to make sure that people know that there's a, a huge difference between Googling the best team in town, mm. you call in and then you get sent to someone who got their license three weeks ago and doesn't know anything about selling a home. So uh, I started to try to figure out once my wife told me that, what should I do? And it, the funny thing is, my journey, I thought I was going to be a YouTube star. I said, okay, I'm going to dedicate. And I started doing all these videos. And as a side note, I did the podcast. And then it turns out, that I found an audience of people that love to be able to passively get educated, get knowledge and gain research while they're on the treadmill, while they're mm-hmm. commuting to work, while they're walking the dog. The, the average age of the first time home buyer last year was 36 years old. 
yep. uh, which still means that since they were in college, they've had a phone in their pocket mm-hmm. that has had a computer. And so there's research that they do so much more than my generation, Gen X, um, where we had to rely on asking friends and family and actually calling and interviewing people. Well, now people could interview me by just looking at my content. So what were some of the, when you started out, especially, I'm sure you still see this today. What, what are, can you share, what are some of the common pitfalls or the pain points or mistake patterns, if you will, that you see the first time home buyers make? We've got probably some first time home buyers listening now. We've definitely got some parents and grandparents of people that are in that demographic that want to be homeowners. Can you just summarize maybe a few common threads of pain points and or mistakes maybe that even people are making in, as they, as they get ready to buy their first house? You know, I started the podcast 13 years into my career, and I thought I had it. And so the first 10 episodes, I laid out everything. The funny thing is, uh, fast forward four years later, I just put out episode 164. That is the first 10 things you should do as a first-time home buyer mm. to help you avoid the pitfalls. Mm. I just figured out how to finally explain it. Okay. <laughs> four years later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the analogy that I, that I use, the biggest pitfall is um, – and, and it pertains to what I was talking about. The generation of first-time home buyers right now are really thirsty and hungry for education and research. Mm. And what happens is they educate and research too much. And it's not their fault. Yeah. The, the, it, the industry as a whole <laughs> is not marketing to them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, everything in real estate, if you're inside real estate, you know it's listings, listings, listings. The real estate industry still thinks people are going to show up at your listing because you put a sign in the yard. Mm-hmm. They don't realize these people are already shopping early and often. Mm-hmm. So the biggest the biggest pitfall I see is that people try to do everything on their own. And a lot of times they're doing it because they want to be nice. I don't want to waste the time of the lender or the realtor uh, until I'm good and ready. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you sign your lease, one of the things the podcast I try to do, tell people is, the day you sign your lease, make that your last lease ever. And that's the day that you get in touch with someone. I love because that. You yeah. can save money. You can work on your debt. You can work on your credit score. That's fine. But if you have a Yoda with you, a Dumbledore, a guide, that person's going to help you more efficiently get uh, to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about it in that episode when I finally figured it out. I, I figured out that buying a home is, is like uh, playing a game of shoots and ladders. Wherever you start, and that depends on how much money you've got, your debt, uh, and your income, that's going to put you on the board. You can try to go up and down the board by yourself, but you might hit some shoots. But if you have a guide with you, someone that is professional that's actually going to explain to you, oh, you know what? You can move your money this way. The banks will like that better. Oh, here's a trick to fix your credit score. Then you might be able to catch some ladders and get to the end of the game sooner than you think. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, and I love I love the factor of being the guide. Uh, mm-hmm. We we've uh, our office has recently read uh, the the book about marketing your story brand that Mr. Miller wrote, and it was just such a great book. And it talks about that how that you know. A lot of people set themselves up to be the hero of the story, but the reality is your client is a hero. And uh, so that guide is certainly the botcher that we have at our office as well. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that uh, you just shared that. We are speaking with David Sedoni, 
from How to Buy a Home podcast. And when we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper about renting versus buying and a few other key points that'll be very valuable for you, the listener, when we come back. Welcome back to The Carl Miller Show. I'm Carl, your host, principal broker of Carl Miller Realty. And in the studio, as always, is Yancey Campbell, our marketing director at Carl Miller Realty. Yancey, is there anything you're excited about this weekend? Yeah, I'm taking a shopping trip to Charlottesville tomorrow. That sounds so, like- that's that's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds good. <laughs> it's time for Carl Miller Realty's Story of the Week. So we hosted a shredding day a couple of weeks ago, and it was such a cool event. Uh, we had wonderful weather, and we talked about that in the first segment. But one of my favorite parts from that day has to do with a past client of ours. And she recently bought a home with us within the past couple of years. And she decided, she told me to stop by and just drop off some documents, honestly, just on her way to do some other errands on a Friday afternoon. But what she thought was just a quick stop turned into a winning entry for a free gutter system. So you see, our sponsor for this event was Century Exterior. And just shout out to them for sponsoring our shredding day this year. Um, but she, her name was drawn in the raffle for a free gutter system giveaway. So I think it's a cool story, and I love hearing how how happy people are when they win something that is unexpected. It's one thing I don't know. She just she wasn't. She told me she said I wasn't expecting to win it, so that made my day. But that's our story of the week. There you go. Shout out to to, to our winner. Well, we have on the phone with us from Irvine, California, David Sedoni. He's host of the How to Buy a Home podcast, and David. Um, already referenced his uh, episode number 164, 10 Things to Be Aware of, and I'd highly recommend checking that out if you want to learn more about David. It's just a real succinct podcast that he put out. David, thanks for joining us today. We're so excited that you're joining us and talking to the folks here in Lynchburg today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. David, talk a little bit about success. How has your podcast and content positively impacted past clients or those who have listened to your show? I think for me, the simplest um, measure of success is uh, just the fact that we've been able to reach out to people afterwards and say to them, hey, this, if this was helpful for you, what would be great is if people would stop hearing the old man talk about it, why don't you tell your story? Mm. So uh, over four years, we've got over 40 interviews with first-time homebuyers, wow. with all of them with a different, I never thought I could do it story. And same theme, but all in completely different places, um, from 19-year-olds that uh, got credit cards when they were 18 and started figuring out their credit score, mm-hmm. to a gal who was in the military and was in Germany, and she found the right team in the U.S., and she pretty much bought her home while she was in Germany, mm-hmm. um, to 50-year-olds, to you know, uh, couples buying in San Francisco that thought they never could. Um, so for, for me... The biggest tales of success come directly from the people who took the free education, implemented it, got empowered, and found their American dream. Wow. That's awesome. And I love how you bring them on your podcast as well and let them share their story. So I got got a question that I think uh, will be kind of pertinent because we're we're running into this quite a bit right now in Lynchburg, and and our market is is much more affordable than Irvine, California. I can can promise that. But uh, So it's kind of a two-part question. What do you say to the buyer who has voices in his ear telling him not to buy when prices are at all-time highs? And then maybe a follow-up to that. 
What perspective, and it kept, but it kind of aligns, what perspective do you give the grandparent or the parent who's voicing concern about their grandchild buying a first home that is priced maybe three, seven, or even 12 times more than what they paid for their first home? Can you talk about prices increases and, and, and buying at all-time highs? You know, I, the, those two questions are, are things that I address all the time and are near and dear to my heart. Um, I could go on forever. I'll uh, do my best to summarize because <laughs> the truth is I, I, I'm a big fan of Ted Lasso, the TV show. And behind me, I've got his sign that he puts on the wall, Believe. Mm. And one of the things that I talk to all my uh, listeners about is at some point you have to believe in the numbers. I can't tell you you should do this. It You have to, and that's the great thing about the podcast. If they take the time and they listen, I'm a history nerd, real estate history nerd. I lay it all out there. Now, if you can't get it in a TikTok 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You need to take some time to listen and understand the whole thing. So for me, I'm saying, hey, I'm going to give this all to you, and it's up to you. I'm not the person that says, Renting is throwing away money. I respect and understand a generation that says, in my 20s, I want to go places and I want to do things. Um, But when it comes to understanding the difference in the price of where we are right now, the average age last year was 36 years old for a first-time home buyer. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of the 30-year-olds I know in my life are not living at home, Mm -hmm. and they're not living with four roommates. Mm -hmm. So six years of a very simple formula. Mm-hmm. What is your rent? How can you replace that rent with a mortgage? And if it's more than what you're already paying in rent, can you, you should consider that as a forced savings account. Mm-hmm. At 30 years old, most people have some kind of retirement set up. Most people have some kind of savings they're working on. Here, I, you're right. It's more expensive where I am in Southern California. But one of the things that we, that I talk to my people about when they're 28, 29 years old is, look, what are you doing for retirement? I know we hate this adulting crap, but what are you doing? And they're like, well, I have a 401k. I go, cool. What's your parents' biggest asset right now? Well, their home is like half a million dollars in equity. Mm-hmm. Cool. So why don't we start that for you? If you're not going to buy stocks and bonds, if you're not going to buy Bitcoin, if you're just going to have your nice little job at Disneyland for the next 30 years, you're going to have two major streams of your retirement, your work 401k and the equity that you have in your home. And the sooner you start that journey, the larger the chunk that's going to be. Hmm. Even if the market goes down, you're taking a, a you know what would have been a wasted payment that goes to nothing, and you're putting it into an asset that will eventually come back for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the biggest thing. And uh, to answer your second part of your question, I have been talking about this for years. Um, because I became such a believer, uh, you know, I started the podcast and I, and I started real estate at 35. I started the podcast at 49. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my twenties, I worked in Hollywood and I, I could have bought a whole, a condo for $5,000 down. That was exactly like the four different apartments that I rented wow. for those eight years. Yep, mm. and I would have paid exactly the same mm-hmm. on a monthly exactly basis. In fact, wow. I, my roommates would have helped subsidize my mortgage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I moved home at 29 years old with a $1,500 security deposit, as opposed to, you know, fifty hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in a property. 
So I'm trying to share that with other people. And when I talk to the grandparents, a lot of times, I mean, I know your question was, uh, what do I tell them about the prices? A lot of times, once I get them in the Ted Lasso, believe in the numbers and understand. What's interesting is we are more expensive out here. Yep. But if you do the math, your rentals are percentage-wise higher than ours are. Yes, that's a fact. And so it's actually cheaper. You know, in national average, $2,000 for a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, and, uh, you know, $366,000 for a home. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at that $2,000 and see how that is for a mortgage. Out here, $2,800, for a $600,000, $700,000 comparable condo right where you are if you're written for a thousand bucks you can get entry level with that yeah mm-hmm. that's and a fact. so that's the first part of the numbers i try to explain to the grandparents the second thing i say is okay great if they're if they're renting for a thousand that's twelve thousand dollars a year do you just want to set up a twelve thousand dollar cd for them right now and uh just annually renew that until they buy a home or do you want to give them twelve thousand dollars today give them their inheritance before you die so that they can buy a home and you can visit your grandchildren in a home with a backyard. I think that's so Uh, good. Yeah, that's such good insight. Because you're right. I mean, and we were talking, we were on a call, you know, a week ago with our team about how new construction rentals, Yancey, you have a better handle on this than me. You're saying they're in the uh, two bedroom can be over 2000 bucks here in Lynchburg. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing new construction ones pop up and, you know, they're just slapping a price and they're getting people coming to them. I mean, but it's a three thousand dollar house. Yes, yeah. and the median sales price in Lynchburg, by the way, is you know around two hundred and seventy thousand yeah. dollars. So to your point, yeah. the percentages make a lot more sense in Lynchburg than they do in California. But you're saying it makes sense in California because if the parents or grandparents give the give the child or grandchild a little bit of a boost, it sets them up for financial success long term. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that you know um, it's great because it work it works either way out here. You either have to have really good income or, you know, I, I have had people say, well, you know, later on, Uncle Joe or my, you know, my grandparents are going to give me this big chunk of money. And I, I haven't had the, the, the grandkids in the backyard speech, mm-hmm. um, not because I'm trying to sell a home, but because the, the, the family's going to be happiest and they're going to start that journey earlier. Yeah. Um, well, you know, but where you guys are, it's a real easy breakdown on the numbers. Yeah. I mean, $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You can get into a home for less than that, yeah, and you're absolutely. done. You're set. Yeah, absolutely. If you go back to 1960, the median sales price was around nineteen thousand dollars for a single family home, and you know, and then nationally, like you just said, it's three hundred sixty thousand. So yes, the numbers are higher, but look at the opportunity cost if we don't act today. And so it's just it's great perspective on that, and I really appreciate you bringing that perspective. We we have about uh, forty five seconds left. Is there anything else you want to share, David? And I definitely want you to give your contact information if people want to follow you as well. Oh, uh, there's there's tons of free content. Howtobuyahome.com, and you can find me on the Instagram and the and the TikTok uh, as well. Um, I think the biggest piece that that I've been talking to people about is uh, if you're skeptical, great. Uh, then get to work and do the research. Mm, yeah. And when you find people who are not trying to sell you, but are trying to tell you, you know, I screwed up. I should have. I, I if I had bought a home in my 20s boy would my house be bigger right now so (laughs) 
Love it. Love it. And then you've got a whole network of unicorn agents, you call them. And you. And if somebody's looking or listening to this from other parts of the country, David has the network to help connect as well. And David, we're, we're honored to be part of that unicorn mm-hmm. network with you. Glad to have you guys on board. It's uh, just a matter of understanding that there's a whole lot of, of people that do this, and there's a very small group that do it right and care about the clients and want to make sure they understand what we can do to set them up for financial um, wealth for their entire life. That's awesome. Thank you Thank so you much, so for, much David. Thanks for joining us, David. David Sedoni, everyone. And now, the bizarre real estate fact of the week. The majority of home buyers do not want neighbors, according to a recent study. A report by the NAR revealed that 67% of buyers are interested in a single-family detached home, while 15% of buyers would like a townhouse and 8% want a multifamily condo. I definitely would be one that wants a detached house with my own 100 acres. (laughs) Yeah, so we were talking about first-time home buyers. This is kind of just buyers in general. It's not limited to that, so I I can see that sometimes the pricing does become a factor. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have real estate questions you want to answer on the air, send your questions to any of our social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in to The Carl Miller Show. We are your local, caring, competent, trusted advisors for all things real estate. Thanks to Will Looper at Looper Team Mortgage for sponsoring our show this week. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week.